Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oki Podcast. This is the first episode of this podcast. And today I have a very special guest. My first guest, he is Riker Six Killer. This man is a actor, stuntman, writer, cinematographer. The list can go on and on. And um, I'm very appreciative that he came today. And I'm very thankful that he wanted to be on this podcast. So... <laughs> That's a hell of an intro. Appreciate <laughs> it, man. Co Davuto Wee Riker Six Killer. So hello, my name is Wee Lee. That's my Cherokee name. Yeah, Riker Six Killer. My name. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um once you reach out to me, I'm always uh, down to help out people and it's uh, trying to start something. Yeah. And for you to start something and reach out it just shows that you really want this to get going and committed to it. So hell yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying, I'm trying. So Riker, um, if you just, you know, give us a little more about who you are and you know your journey and you know, and the journey can is a long story. I mean, <laughs> uh, let's see. So if you want to start from the beginning, born in Tahlequah, raised in Wahilla. It's a small community in about forever miles in the woods and the dirt. Uh, I'm an actor. Yeah, I've been professionally acting since 2014. But I mean, I've been performing since I was a little kid. I always did musicals, plays, drama class, etc. And then in high school, I um, kind of got started with uh, YouTube because my I was in media production, and you know, my I had to make some videos for class, and my uh, instructor didn't like them too much. He scrapped a lot of my skits because they're not appropriate for school <laughs> and um so i met this one guy and he did youtube videos and that's when we kind of linked up and kind of got started and um we got noticed by someone um and they offered us to do a psa for five thousand dollars so we're like dude maybe we should actually take you know this serious and that's kind of where it started as far as my um introduction to the film industry and then from there on i've been just Jumping around from gig to gig, trying to learn as much as I could. Start picking up odd jobs, doing grip work. And I started doing some cinematography for Buffalo Nickel Creative. Also uh, doing some writing for them and editing for films. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can go more in depth with all these things. Wow. But Holy crap, man. Yeah. I've, um, I've been very, very, very fortunate with the work that I've done, but it's not from lack of uh, trying, you know. I've definitely put in a lot of hard work and gotten hurt on some things just to get my foot in the door. Wow. So when did you decide to, uh, well, let's see, you made the PSA, the mm -hmm. 5,000? Yeah. When was that? When was that? Uh, let's see, I was, I believe I was 20 years old. 20, yeah. Because I, I did my first professional gig when I was like... 19. So I guess I actually professionally started uh, acting when I was 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. When I was 19, I, do, I was just an extra for uh, this movie called Cherokee Word for Water, mm -hmm. which I think is a really odd name because <laughs> Cherokee Word for Water is Alma. <laughs> so I don't know why they wouldn't have just gone for that. But anyway, uh, so yeah, we, um, I was, I was about 19 or 20 years old. So it was about 2012 when we did that PSA. Dang. Yeah. Wow, you've been around, so 2012, dang. Yeah. So you've been doing this for a minute. Yeah, and a lot of my stuff was um, 
I wish I would have gone to school, taken some classes, and learned it that way. But, um, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when I first started out. So, like, just basically anytime I saw an opportunity, I jumped on it. And there's a couple times where I lied and said I had experience when I really had no idea what I was doing and was just learning on the go. And that's kind of how I got my foot into the door is just not missing out on an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, like, if anyone is wondering how to get into it, I'd recommend going to school and learning the ins and outs of the business, like what each position in on a set is, you know, and what they do and just everything really as far as like an actor needs to know as far as the business and um, the methods and techniques that go into it and the art. Mm-hmm. So did you start... <clears throat> well, hold on. Are you... Still doing stunts too? Yeah, actually, um, there's a couple of movies that are coming out. I did uh, two summers ago. One just released a trailer. Uh, I got to see the premiere of. Okay, so the movies are uh, Adventures of Rufus, the Fantastic Pet. It's a Disney movie. It's on Disney now, I believe you can watch it. Oh, yeah. But that's kind of where I got like a major step up because I was just casted as a security guard. And I had like one line, and all I was going to do is get zapped by magic, and that's it. But when I got on set, I was talking to the director, I was looking at the set, and I saw they had some stunt mats, and I was like, oh shit, it's like, alright, I'm going to make this look epic. And so I was like, I'm going to get zapped by magic, so I hit up the director and the writer and the producer, and we were on set, and I was like, hey, I don't know if y'all know this, but I was like, I do stunts, and I showed them my fight reel and my stunt reel, which was like on a bunch of smaller projects. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's pretty dope, and they're really impressed by it, and I was like, do you mind if I make this magic zap look crazy. And like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'd like to fly up in the air and fall and hit the ground. And they're like, you're willing to do that? I was like, yeah. And so they actually let me control the set for that. They let me position everything. They let me choreograph the whole stunt. They let me direct the actors for a minute. And um, so the main, the leads, it was uh, three leads. And once he came by, he zapped me. And I jumped as high and far back as I could fell on my back onto those mats and uh, I did it over and over and over with the positive yeah. attitude of course <laughs> and they're just like that looks fucking crazy and uh, then when it premiered they um, it just looked really good everyone flipped out everyone talked to me about how well it looked and um, it, from doing that that's when the director and the producer uh, really liked me and then they made sure that I was in their next movie which is called Dinosaur World and that's a Chinese movie that was shot here in Oklahoma, or majority of it was shot here in Oklahoma. And um, it's it just the trailer just dropped the other day, and from what I was told, it's trending number one in China right now. Oh, wow. But um, have you seen Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah. Okay, you know the uh, the young master, the one with the legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I got to fight him. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to choreograph oh, wow. the fight and perform with him, and um, he had a lot of respect for me because we're. Filming on, like, the shore of a lake, which is, you know, around here, lakes are not sands, sandy beaches or anything like that. It's rocks. Mm-hmm. And so I had to choreograph that, and, like, I was falling, hitting things, and whatnot. And he accidentally hit me a few times. And I don't know if anyone knows, but he's, like, a 30-second Shaolin monk. Uh, sorry if I'm getting that wrong. Wow. But, yeah, he's um, he's legit. Mm-hmm. And so um, and he couldn't speak any English, so he had a translator. So when... We were, when I was choreographing this with him, like I was speaking to his translator, and his translator talked to him, then he talked to his translator, and translator talked to me. This very 
very different, very odd. But he was just a wonderful person to work with. Mm-hmm. I have so much respect for him. And um, I haven't seen it yet. There's the movie has not dropped. We haven't did a we haven't done a premiere or anything. But from what everyone has been telling me, like I've been getting some of the producers hitting me up, and the directors and writers, and they're telling me like, dude, this looks dope. This fight scene is gonna steal it. And so I was very, very blessed to do that. And like I said, I like to go all out on my stuff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't walk for about two weeks after that, <sighs> from hitting those rocks, rolling, falling down. And um, I, I'll tell you off the air, but I have, like how it ends, uh-huh. <laughs> I can't tell it right okay. now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get yeah, in yeah. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, I'm excited for that one. That one's um, definitely gonna create some more opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, uh, the Chinese um, producer, his name is Frank. He um, after we did that, that shoot that day, he came up to me and said that he wants me to be in more stuff with him. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he keeps his word. Hopefully this uh, you know blossoms to something bigger. Wow, I'm sure it will. Holy crap, man! Yeah, so that's that's definitely my biggest gig so far. Biggest one? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, it was, I had a pretty good role in it, uh, shot for, I was there for two weeks shooting, um, three locations, and, um, yeah, like, any, anytime I could, I would do some stunts. Like, one of the opening, one of the opening scenes of this, uh, it's a, the Dinosaur World, I'm sorry, I'm skipping all over the place, but Dinosaur <laughs> World is a movie about these contestants all playing games. Mm-hmm. They come into this facility and they play a virtual reality game. So we're all sitting in the same room, put this headset on, and all this gear, and then we're in this game. And it's like real life. We feel everything. We see everything. Move around, run, etc. And so the one of the opening scenes to that game is we're in a circle in the woods or in the jungle. And uh, this fucking uh, pterodactyl comes flying in and starts taking people. And we're just supposed to be running and getting our gear and taking off. That's it. But I was looking at where the camera was, the placement, and then I was timing everyone's, like, uh, A and B marks, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right. It was like, when that girl runs right there, I was like, I know I need to run straight straight right there, and that's where the camera's going to be pointing. And so um, once that hit, I took off running. I saw the bag, and I dove and rolled, did a flip, and caught the bag and took off. And no one noticed it until they played it back. And they were like, what the fuck? Rack, what are you doing? <laughs> And then everyone was like, dude, it's like, we do that again? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and so like, I was just doing stuff like that. Anytime I could, I was doing, I was being way too extra. Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> got, a, got another guest here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our dog has entered the room. She's very nosy. Still sniffing on Riker. Yeah. Wants more my, treats, I guess. Smelling my dogs. Looking for treats. Yep. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, every every set is uh, similar and different at the same time, you know. And like I said, anytime there's an opportunity for me to shine and doing something like that, I definitely go for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to ask if I can do something. I'm not afraid to you know do it as well, because you know I there's been a couple times before where I'd leave a set like it would be a small role, and I'd leave a set and be like, man, I should have done more. I should have done this, you know, and um. So that's how I go at it mm-hmm. now. Wow. So chore- the choreography of the fight, so have you done like martial arts or anything? No, or? I mean, I did boxing for a couple of years and then, you know, I did wrestling and mainly I just uh, learned from watching movies. Like mm-hmm. it's, 
that's how like I got started with doing YouTube videos with my friend is because he did um he taught himself some like taekwondo. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever really got a training. I think he just like started doing it on his own. Mm-hmm. And he loved movies. He loved action movies and he loved comedy. I loved action movies and I loved comedy. Mm-hmm. And so when we started doing videos together, the first thing we did was we made an action uh, video with a lot of comedy. It was slapstick comedy with a bunch of action. Mm-hmm. And from there on, we just kind of took off. And like um, one or uh, not one, but a few of our videos got like over 4 million views. Whoa. And so that's kind of why we started is that we had love for you know, action and comedy. It mm-hmm. just, oh, we love doing it. Had fun. And then we just started getting a lot of views and then we started getting some fans and it was just pretty wild because this is when YouTube was like kind of really taking off. Mm-hmm. And I wish we would have stuck with it because we probably could have been doing that, just the YouTube channel by itself and making some money right now. But we were kids and you know, we weren't thinking like that. We are just having fun. When did you start that? When did you guys start doing that? Uh, It was in 2009. 2009? Yeah, and like I said, some of the videos got over like four million uh, views. Damn. So we definitely had a good following, and he still has the channel up now. Um, uh, I think all he does is just music now. I don't know if he does any skits anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, when I left the group, it was at like twenty six thousand subscribers, mm-hmm. something like that. That's a lot. Yeah, could have grew. Yeah, know? and uh, that was that was on us. Like we took breaks. You know, we'd film, like, for a few months, getting views, getting more fans, and we should have just kept building off that, but then we just hit, like, some phases where we stopped, you mm-hmm. know, and um, then we tried to kickstart it back up, and then we started noticing the decline of our views. And, like, it used to, like, we'd post the video, and, like, within an hour or two hours, it'd be, like, a thousand views already, and then it got to where, after we did it, that whole stop and go a couple times, it um got to where we'd post the video, and it'd be, like two weeks before we hit a thousand. Wow. Yeah. So we were just like, damn, we kind of lost some motivation. And then that's when I kind of went my route in doing more professional work. And, um, he kind of stayed and just wanted to do his own, own, own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Guess they'll talk. Uh, no, not really. We kind of had a little bit of a falling out. We just kind of, I mean, there's no bad blood between us or anything like that. We just started doing our own thing. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go your separate way. Yeah. But I mean, Nothing you can do about that. Yeah, I mean, um, so hope the best for him. Hope he's doing well. Mm-hmm. Which I th- I think he is doing really well. But um, yeah, we just haven't talked. <laughs> I've had some like bad experiences as far as like climate and hours and whatnot, but those were trumped by the overall experience of being on a set. Like, uh, have you heard of American Gods? Uh, uh it sounds familiar. It it's sounds on familiar. HBO. It's um. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what it is. I was on the um first episode of the first season on that. Really? Yeah, it was a prison guard. You have to squint to see me, basically. (laughs) But um, anyway, so they they put me in a hotel in McAllister. They shot in actual prison in in McAllister, which is really fucking cool. It's weird, and um, so I got all decked out and you know the prison guard gear, and we get in there and. It's in the middle of the summer, like in Oklahoma, you know, June, July, temperatures get really freaking hot. Oh, yeah. And so we're on the court, this concrete court, and we're surrounded by these brick walls, you know, and the sun is just beating down right there. So it's like we're, it feels like we're in a hot box, like an oven or something. And I'm just sitting there with like four layers on of shirts, 
a couple layers of pants, boots, hat. So, yeah, and it was, see, we filmed for maybe like 19 hours. Holy shit. Yeah, and it wasn't like one hour of shooting this and move on to the next. It was like maybe seven to eight hours shooting this one scene where they say maybe three lines. Good Lord. And then we move on to the inside. The sun's finally starting to go down a little bit. And we think, okay, it's going to get cooler. Now we go inside where the heat is just stuck in there. And there's no AC because it'll mess up with the sound. And, like, I'm, like, so dehydrated. I'm down in water, like, after water. I'm still, like, dehydrated. I'm not able to keep up with the amount of water I'm losing. And they have me in this little center box. Uh, I want to say it's, like, somewhere where they used to eat. It's an old lunchroom. They had, like, this little center, this island part where I guess someone could sit inside of a box and monitor everyone else Mm -hmm. and that was that felt like the hottest part for me and they put me in there and they're like you know it's gonna get good uh good extra camera time you know we're gonna be able to see your face and so i was like fuck it let's do it i'm down (laughs) and so i went in there and i was like oh my god it's fucking hot there's it felt like there was no air at all i thought thought i was breathing my own air oh my god and then so every after every take i'd like open that door up and stick my head out get a water and they're like, Rocky, get back in there. I was like, oh, God. I get back in there. And then, um, God, what time did we wrap? It was it was late when we wrapped. We started, we got there at like 4 a.m. And honestly, I could not tell you when we wrapped. But, yeah, by the time we wrapped, I was like, I'm going home. Do you going to stay in the hotel? I was like, no, nah, I'm going home, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm so tired. I'm beat. And, uh. Some of the other um, actors, they're like, Rocky, you want to take a picture? I was like, nah, I'm getting this shit off of me. <laughs> so I took, I just started stripping that stuff off. But I got to talk to the lead. His name is um, Ricky. I can't think of his last name. But he's the lead of that show. And like when during lunch, uh, the lunchroom was completely packed. And so I went kind of around the corner. And uh, oh, keep in mind, this prison, the one that we're in, was like an abandoned one. The mm-hmm. new, there was a new prison like connected to it. So we're in the old prison, and so we can able we were able to see the new prison. It's like literally right there, and so I went around the corner. I could see it, and then I hear this guy. He's like, "Hey man, can I sit with you?" And I was like, "Sure." And I see him. I was like, "Oh shit, it's the fucking lead actor." <laughs> I was like, "All right." And so we just started talking, and then mainly we were just talking about the prisoners. Like right across, he's like, "Man, he's like, bro, look at that." So they're right there. It's like murderers, rapists. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty wild, dude. I was like, can you imagine if one of them just fucking broke out? And uh, we we're just joking around about that shit. And um, then, you know, I wasn't going to press him about anything about acting because I'm sure he got enough of it. But sure enough, there's some extras that came over and they did that. Like, what's it like in Hollywood? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go that way. Oh, I was like, fuck, guys. C block. Yeah, but I mean, oh, he, was a, he was a really cool guy. He's really genuine. Um. Yeah, like I say, he was willing to talk to anyone. I mean, he just came up to me and asked if he can sit down, and so we did. We just had a conversation. How is a uh, COVID like? Affected like with the acting, filming? yeah, like acting and everything for um, you. Well, uh, it did put a halt to a couple uh, films I was supposed to be on last year, but uh, towards the end of the year, it picked back up. Um, like I uh, got casted as Samson for this uh, biblical series called mm-hmm. the spoken gospel and um so what they've done is um they'll have a few actors in this huge like classroom type thing mm-hmm. so they have like room a b and c and um 
So they'll put you with a few of few other actors and make sure it's spread apart. And then uh, when they're ready for you to go into makeup and whatnot, you know they'll do it one at a time so the makeup artist isn't surround, surrounded by a lot of actors. Mm-hmm. And basically, like uh, when you're on set, when we're on set, it's like if you're not in front of the camera, keep your mask on, keep your distance. And uh, they tested everyone before we even entered the facility, so that was pretty cool on their part. Mm-hmm. Just make sure everyone was safe. But um, I mean, it, yeah, like I said, it slowed it down for a while, but then it started picking back up, and it's just kind of like going going into full motion again. Mm-hmm. Just everyone's being a little cautious. But there's some some sets where I felt like people were not being as cautious, you know. And I still keep my distance from everyone, but that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, here in Oklahoma, it's hard to kind of keep that, like you're like ahead of everybody, I guess, because, mm-hmm. you know, people around here, they don't want to wear the mask. And, yeah, no, they, they act like it's a big inconvenience. Yeah, it sucks, man, mm-hmm. because, like, there's people in my tribe, I'm sure your tribe, too, that mm-hmm. are passing away from all this, and it's yeah. sad, man. Mm-hmm. It's really sad, and... Uh, fortunately, I haven't lost um, anyone close to me, Um but I had a few family members who got you know, ridiculously sick. Yeah. To where it started getting, you know, concerning. Like we had to, or kind of, we had to prepare for the worst. Um, my great aunt, she got it, and she still, she got it. Like she was one of the first people in the around Stillwell to get it mm-hmm. when COVID first came about in Oklahoma, and um, she still to this day like has, like, um, she can barely breathe. Oh wow. Yeah. So I mean. It's definitely had an impact, but just thankful that none of my close relatives or family members or friends have passed away. Of course, I've had some friends who had close friends pass away mm-hmm. and uh, some family members who passed away, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. So wear your mask, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Wash Social distance. Hands. Wash your hands. Use sanitizer. Stay safe out there. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you write? Yeah, I've um, been writing for a while and um, definitely been getting better. Uh, <laughs> but for uh, Buffalo Nickel Creative, um, I do two kinds of writing. Like one of them is like when we get we film a, doc, a mini doc, we interview some people, and then we get some B-roll, of course, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And as I'm putting it together, I've got to create a story out of all these people's interviews. You know, so they're talking about like protecting. I just say they're talking about COVID and what they're doing to protect their community, elders, et cetera, and what they think should happen, et cetera. So we have like four or five people talking, uh, doing interviews, and then I have to make it like a one-minute video. So I'll take something out of what everyone says and create a story out of it. Mm-hmm. And so that's one type of writing that I do. Another I do, you know, I write short films, and I'm trying to work on a feature right now, but... Um, one of my short films I wrote has uh, just got filmed um, in November, and we got to do some pickup shots uh, here pretty soon. But yeah, I do some fictional writing as well. And then what's uh, Buffalo Nickel? Yeah, Buffalo Nickel. What, Creative. Is, what is that? It's um, it's a media company. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we do like design for logos? Mainly, we're doing video work. Um, like uh. Let's see one of the things we did. Oh, West Studi, you know, he got the the uh, Oscar. Mm-hmm. We got to do the video for him. Oh, when, really? Yeah, when he accepted the, the award. Oh, wow. So we went around to all the people who know him. So we uh, interviewed Michael Mann, who um, directed Last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. 
and he directed a few other movies too, like some extraordinary movies. And then uh, I cannot remember his name, but he direct he directed Avatar. Mm-hmm. We we interviewed him. We interviewed Kevin Costner. Interviewed uh, West Duty's mom, and a few other people. Or Jason Momoa, he was in it as well. Um, so we interviewed them, and then created a, a story out of that. And, you know, a little a, created a script, and then put some of his uh, some clips from his best movies or from all of his movies actually, mm-hmm. and shot some B roll around where he grew up and whatnot. So yeah, that's type of stuff that we do. Damn. And like- um, you might see some of the billboards that the company have made. It's um called Oaktep. it's a uh, diabetes is not our destiny mm-hmm. yeah you you'll see those around i've seen them in tulsa i've seen them literally all over oklahoma and in arkansas mm-hmm. as well is this uh in tulsa or where is this based out of in pahuska pahuska yeah oh. Osage in... nation, nation reservation oh wow yeah dang so you drove there drove here from there no no i live in dewar now oh, okay on the other side of Oakmogi. Yeah. yeah i used to live in tulsa and then I moved to Bartlesville um, to be closer to work. And then, um, you know, COVID happened, so we just work from home. And then now I live in Dewar because um, we're starting to travel again. We just actually got back from like a week trip. We went to New Mexico and then Colorado and then South Dakota and then back back down here. But, um, yeah, so I moved to Dewar so that I could have a baby. I got to have a son now. Mm-hmm. And so... I need a babysitter when I'm gone. And uh, so, yeah, I had to move closer to family. Gotcha. Wow. How long have you been at Buffalo, Nickel? Three years. Three years? Yeah. I've been there three years. Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, they've they've given me so many opportunities, and, like, um, I've been able to grow so much with mm-hmm. film, in the film industry. Like, I have so much more knowledge now because of them. I... Um, and I've just gotten a lot better with cinematography and with writing and with acting because I also do acting for them as well. Oh, yeah. Because um, some clients want us to write like a COVID PSA script. And so I'll write it out and then they need actors. And so it'll just be within the company and be me and a few other employees who are acting it out. Nice. Nice. So we really get to do just about everything in um, at Buffalo Nickel. And our bosses definitely open the door for all of us and give us a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Have you done it? Is that the, um, I guess like Native American projects? Is that? Yeah. We're the company's strictly indigenous based. Um, well, I wouldn't say straight. It's about 99% of our stuff is indigenous based. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, was it 2019? Yeah. I was able to go to 19 different reservations wow. and the majority of those were in, Oregon. Well, not, not, yeah, majority of them were in Oregon. There's 11 reservations mm-hmm. in Oregon. And we did a campaign for them um, about not using tobacco uh, commercially, but traditionally, keeping it traditionally. Mm-hmm. And so um, we did a camp- campaign for them. We shot a, a bunch of videos, made a bunch of videos for them, did a bunch of design for them. And um, so, yeah. Whoa. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's like, awesome. I get to travel all over the place, and so that's just one of the things I really love about my job. Yeah, you said you were uh, traveling all over whenever I messaged you. Mm-hmm. Where are you about to head out now? Head out to now? Uh, what is our next trip? We uh, we're gonna go back to Colorado um, to film at the Southern Ute Reservation some more, 
and we're going to get something else. I cannot remember, but um, from what I've been told from my bosses, we're about to get another contract, and it's going to require me and two other employees to be on the road for a while. Mm-hmm. So we're wow. just going to be filming, driving, filming, driving, filming, driving. Dang. How long is that going to be? I have no idea. They haven't, yeah. uh, I guess they haven't worked out the details or at least haven't forwarded it to me yet. Dang. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got to meet some incredible people and seen some beautiful places. Um, I've been all over the East Coast, all over the West Coast, been up north, right on the border of Canada. And, um, yeah, man, I'm very thankful for it. Oh, man. Dang, man, that's awesome. And, like, I started out with not too much experience with working the camera, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I just knew the basic ins and outs of a camera, and my boss hit me up. I used to do security at the Hard Rock, and I was, like, really depressed about it because I was tired of fighting people. You know, mm-hmm. at first it was, like, really cool, and I was excited about it. But then after, like, the 30th fight, I was just like, man, I was, like, oh, fuck, I'm tired of this. Because, <laughs> like, then it started carrying on outside of work, too. So I started, started seeing some people at, like, Quick Trip that I kicked out the night before mm-hmm. and would get into an argument about it. And, you know, they'd try threatening my life and shit. What? Because it's mainly, um, let's say, about... 40-year-olds on up that really gave me the most problems because they didn't like someone young. And I have, like, a really young face, too. Mm-hmm. So they didn't like someone who was younger and looked younger telling them, hey, you're done drinking for the night. You need to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, which I never approached anything like that. I treated everyone with, like, the greatest amount of respect I could. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that would be embarrassing, but I got a job to do, and I got to protect you. Yeah. Like, man, if, you're, if you get uh, alcohol poisoning... And fall over and hit your head like the company I work for, you know, gets in a lot of trouble. So, um, yeah, I was working there. I was looking for an out. I was about to work at a tattoo shop as like one of the front door people mm-hmm. making like $300 a week, which is not very good for living in Tulsa. And um, then I was talking to my friend, Ryan Redcorn, about it. And he was just like, hey, is that you want to uh, do a job for me? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I went with him to OU, and we filmed um, filmed at OU for three days. And he's like, you want to make some extra money? He's like, doing what? He's like, you want to edit this for me? He's like, sure. And again, I had basic knowledge of how to shoot a camera and how to edit, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, then after that, I was you know, I was telling him about like what I was doing. He's like, dude, do you just want to work for me full time? I was like, fuck it. He's like, sure. <laughs> And so he just kind of threw me into the fire, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was doing a lot of Googling, a lot of YouTube research. And then it just got to where I had to read the instructions of everything I was touching and just practice. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm where I'm at now. And um, some of my work has been seen by, you know, millions of people. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely <laughs> worth it. Yeah. What's up, Brian? But it's cool, man. He's still doing his thing. I know he's on the 1491s, and now he's giving you, you Mm -hmm. know. He's giving me and several others, you know, some crazy opportunities. That's pretty awesome, man. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Dang. And Hard Rock. So it is true. What? Rowdy. Gets rowdy over there. Yeah, I mean, it it can. Um, Man, yeah, there's a lot of fights that happen, and just... It's mainly the people, man. They just don't like being told that they can't drink anymore. And, you know, they got to understand that. Um, 
if we didn't, if we, I don't work there anymore, but yeah. if they didn't do that, then they could be at risk at losing their liquor license. You know? mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, of course, no one likes being cut short and of the fun, you know, especially when they're, fu- they're when their friends are having fun on the dance floor or something and they're getting pulled away saying, Hey, you can't drink anymore. I mean, that's not fun, but <laughs> then <laughs> at the end of the day, the hard rock's protecting itself. And then you're saving them from yeah hurting them themselves mm-hmm. or hurting other people. Yeah, and that's happened so many times. But yeah, they just react all dumb. Yeah, fight around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man, I would hate to do uh, fights over there, like MMA fights. I know they mm-hmm. had MMA fights over there. I bet that night, those nights got crazy. Yeah, I mean, you get people who come out and they say like, or they just think that oh, I could do that, oh, you know, God, acting yeah. tough because they just saw some fights. Yeah, uh, but I don't. I don't remember really there being too many problems as far as the actual fighting. I just uh, I know that there's people that come out and like talk tough and whatnot, and it just take them like, hey man, chill out, like, chill out. Mm-hmm. Um, the most problems just came from the dance floors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where most of the the fights I've been in were the at the actual bars or the dance floors. Never really. Oh my bad. Never go. really throughout the casino. I mean, yeah. occasionally there was, but... I did secured at uh, River Spirit. Oh, for real? There was, like, no fights over there, though. Oh, for real? Yeah. I guess all the older people went there. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you'd have the same problems, like... Like, you're saying, like, cut somebody off and... Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like there were fights every night or anything. I mean, I've only but, been, like, yeah. uh, like I said, about a little over 30 fights. And I worked there for approximately three years. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like, there wasn't a fight every night, but it definitely did get rowdy on the weekends, and there was a lot of times where you had to de-escalate a lot of situations, and, um, you know, occasionally there'd be a fight. But, like, a lot of times it was, when de-escalating something, it was people saying, like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, I'm gonna... Yeah, you know, like what's your name? Is that Riker? All right, I'm gonna look you up. Just like do it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, I uh, just kind of uh, just work in that position. You just see the worst in people, and that's what kind of made me like really not like it anymore. Yeah. I was like, man, I gotta get out. It was good pay, good benefits. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, which is an understatement. It's great pay. It's great benefits. Um, they really treat their employees well, but it's just. To me, it wasn't worth it as far as my mental health, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I'd go home, and I just wouldn't want to go out, wouldn't want to see anyone. It ruined, like, going to concerts for me. Because I used to love going to concerts, but after working that job, working so many concerts, mm-hmm. like, I just couldn't do it. I was always in high alert. Like, me and my brother, we um went and watched, uh, what's that band called? In This Moment, I think that's the name of that band. Mm-hmm. And we watched someone else. But the whole time, I was just on... Just alert. I was just watching people, you know. I couldn't really enjoy the show, and then I was like, "Man, fuck!" <laughs> and just it ruined just, it. Yeah, and every time I would try to go to the show, that's how it was. I was just constantly stressed out. Stressed out. Like I was intense. Yeah, you know, my wife was telling me like, "You can just enjoy the show." I was like, "I can't." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Someone's about to do something." I was like, "I know it." You don't know what I've been through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, by now is it? Well, I guess can't do nothing now. No concerts around. Yeah. But maybe it's di- maybe different now. Maybe different. Well, I mean, then now I just I don't have time. Like, I'm constantly working. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. True that, yeah. I'm just constantly doing something. Yep. It's good, though, man. 
keep him busy. Mm-hmm. Shoot. There's no steady with Riker over here. No, dude. I'm always always doing something. And if I'm not, I feel guilty for laying around. So. Oh, man. It's like uh, if I'm not if I'm not working, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not working behind or in front of the camera, then I need to be writing or um, setting up for my next project. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't do any of those, then I feel guilty for not being productive, and I end up doing something anyway. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing to write? Or, like... Favorite thing to write? Like, comedy? Uh, that used to be it. Romance. I used to love comedy. Now, it's kind of... I'm kind of doing more of a horror-type thing. Oh, nice. Um, the, la- the film that we just filmed, it's a kind of a horror mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a thriller. And, um... I can't really talk too much about it, um, but I tied in a bunch of like of my tribe's myths and legends mm-hmm. and modernized it into today. And it's mainly focused on an unfaithful husband, and he uh, just he pays the consequences, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's he, cool. Yeah, and um, it's it's very if you're native, it's really gonna creep you out. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing is like I'm hoping that non-natives will get it, mm-hmm. but I don't think they will too much. Yeah. But the overall message is just don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're done filming that? Uh, almost. almost. We've done. got um, we've got some ADR to do, and then we've got a couple pickup shots, some simple shots, and we should be done. Just the only thing is uh, everyone's schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to watch that. It, it's um. It's gonna be great. I'll show you a, a teaser trailer that we made. Cool. After you know, after we get through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's intense. The the crew was amazing. The actors were amazing. We had some long shoots, and this was uh, all out of mine and my director and producers, but uh, pockets. Like we didn't have any funding for it, so we just funded it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it just we spent a lot of money on it, and you know we had to shoot on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it was like long, long hours. Me and the director barely got any sleep. We averaged, I think, two or three hours a night of sleep. Mm-hmm. And I can't thank him enough for you know all the work that he's done. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing director and um, cinematographer. Yeah, just like his attention to detail is just astounding. Oh man, yeah, he's really good. Like um, we tried filming this um, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't turning out the way I wanted it to, the way I envisioned it. And um, that's when, like, I didn't direct the first one. I didn't direct this one either. But I was going to edit the first one. And when I was putting it together, I was like, that's not what I'm wanting. This is not what I'm wanting. It just wasn't looking the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And then also what I noticed was um, the dialogue wasn't flowing very well. And that's on me for not doing read-throughs. That's when I found out, like, oh, shit, you need, it's that important to do read-throughs so mm-hmm. I know what's working, what's not working, and what needs to be replaced, you know. And so I rewrote it several times. I probably rewrote that script maybe 30 times. And then um, finally we got it down. And um, I forgot where I was really going with this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but, uh, so me and the director, you know, uh, I'd go over the script with him and he'd tell me if he thought it was good or not. And uh, he's very um, honest with me and that's what I wanted. You know, I sent my script to so many people and they just tell me what I wanted to hear. Like, oh, it's a good script. And I'm like, ah, no, it's not. That's why I'm sending it to you. Mm-hmm. And when I sent it to him, he's like, 
ah, well, this didn't really go well. Didn't this didn't go well? Then we had some actors uh, redo a read through for me, and um, then I, you know, kind of figured out what was not really flowing as far as the conversations and the dialogue, mm-hmm. and I was able to fix that. And it turned out, from what I saw anyway, it's turning out exactly how I want it. I mean, yeah. even better. Damn, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, that's really awesome. And, and then you're, are you acting in it too? Yeah, I've actually played the lead. Because my thing is, um, whatever I write, I either want to direct it or I want to act in it. I don't want to do both. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was going to direct this. And then when I was talking to the director, he was just going to be the director of photography. Mm-hmm. And then he just convinced me. He's like, dude, he's like, you know that character better than anyone else. He's like, just do it. I was like, fuck it. I'll do it. <laughs> I think he just wanted to be the director. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But it was, I think it was best the way it went and um yeah i was just very very blessed with the cast and crew i mean uh, the other lead uh, natalie standing cloud she's the one that played the she played opposite to me mm-hmm. and she did an amazing job bringing that character to life mm-hmm. and i can't say the name of the character or he'll give it away as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um yeah. yeah very very thankful for literally everyone Dang. There's people that came in from Oregon. There's people that came in from uh, New Mexico, uh, from Kansas, and who else? That's pretty much it. And then just out throughout Oklahoma, there's people mm. that came in from all over Oklahoma. Wow. Mm. And this was all filmed? In, um, or uh, do you want to give away the location? No, Bartlesville. Bartlesville? It's from the Bartlesville, yeah. It, um, still Cherokee property, so mm-hmm. that's... That's one thing I wanted to make sure is that it was on Cherokee land. Mm-hmm. And so Bartlesville is still part of Cherokee Nation. Yeah. Damn, that's weird, man. That's badass. Yeah, appreciate it. Fuck. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for it to come out, man. And me, uh, me. I got another one that it's going to be a much smaller set because it's only two actors, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called The Diner. And basically, uh, this one, it's not going to be like a huge project. It's just kind of a, a fun project I'm wanting to do so I can talk about it all I want. Mm-hmm. What it is, is this guy, he's like traveling down the road and he's getting tired, blah, 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 typical shit. And then he's starting to run out of gas and he's gas. Nearest gas station, like 150 miles. He's on E. He's like, well, fuck. And then he comes up on this gas station. He's like, the hell? I'm like, all right, well. It's not 150 miles. There's one right here. Mm-hmm. He goes in. It's very. Uh, it's, it looks like a rundown gas station uh, slash diner, but it's open. There's no one around, but it's open. So he goes in, and it looks like it's deserted, but there's. It's like new on the inside, mm-hmm. and he runs into this woman who is very attractive. Um, not that that's a key part in the script at all, but this woman who has like a, a lot of confidence about her and something just really off too and they have a conversation and she's just kind of like um just digging deep on him asking him these really off-putting questions that and then finally it gets to the point that she's the devil and she knows why he's really traveling you know he's talking about like relocating and whatnot and really he's running away from what he did Mm-hmm. And then you get a little flashback once she finally breaks him down. Oh, I'm sorry, I skipped over a part. He ends up leaving because she calls him out on his bullshit. He takes off, he runs out of gas, and he goes walking. And as he's walking, he comes upon the store again. And he's like confused. 
not knowing what's going on because he's like, I just went away from the store. Now I'm here again. And so he goes in and she's sitting right where she was when he left. Started talking some more. And long story short, he came home drunk one night, lit up a cigarette, fell asleep. It fell down on the carpet, burnt his house down. And he took off running, left his wife and kid in the house. Mm -hmm. So they're dead. And that's why he's relocating. And so basically, she like gets under his skin, makes him flip out, and basically saying like, "This will all be over if you just make a deal with me. I can give you what you want. Just make this deal." And so he says, "Yeah, whatever. Let's make this deal." And he's not really believing her, you know. He still hasn't fully grasped or accepted the concept, accept the idea that she could be the devil. Mm-hmm. And so um, he makes the deal, and she tells him that she filled up his car. And he's like, kind of whatever about it. And he takes off and he turns around and goes back home. And when he goes back home, he sees his house is still there. His wife and kid are in the yard playing. And he goes to say hi to him, but he's a ghost now. He can't talk to them. Hmm. He traded uh, his life for theirs without knowing it. So he's like forever walking the earth, not being able to contact his family. Damn. Yeah. And you wrote that one? Yeah, I wrote that one. There's a few other ones that's like, I really like. I really like the hero not winning at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my scripts, um, they end with they end with the person losing. Mm-hmm. You know, they never win. Because I, I kind of got tired of you know seeing movies where these people go through incredible things and you think they're gonna win, and they do win. You know, it's like oh that's cool. You know, that's our thing. It's like well, what'd it be like if the hero didn't win? You know, and so that's where that's why. I, uh, that's how I start writing stuff. Yeah. So if you watch my my stuff, the person you like isn't gonna win. <laughs> I kind of like that though. I don't like, <clears throat> you know, everybody wins all the time. Yeah. So now when you watch mine, you're just gonna know. Yeah. yeah. Know someone's up now. Someone's gonna die in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I know record now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's one I'm wanting to reshoot. It's called Watching, and um, what that one is. If you want me to talk about that one at all. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, I shot it once. It turned out really good, but it could be shot a lot better. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same with the one I was just telling you about. Like, I shot it before. didn't turn out how I wanted, so I reshot it. And that's kind of what I'm going to do with this one. It's just this guy that works at um, this uh, software store. And a girl comes in last minute needing her laptop uh, fixed because she's got a paper due at midnight or something like that. So he fixes it, and while he's fixing it, they kind of like have a, a flame spark, you know? And um, she goes to the back to use the restroom, and while she goes back there, he puts a device in her computer, takes it out, and she ends up leaving. And then when he goes home, he opens up his laptop, puts that same device in his laptop, and accesses her camera. Mm-hmm. So he stalks her, basically. And she's talking about going out with some friends at one point, and he's, like, going to do the same. He's going to just have a run-in with her. Mm-hmm. And um, while she's getting ready, she sets her laptop down and positions it to where you can see uh, the bedroom door and her closet. And she goes into her closet, and she's about to get dressed. You know, So he's getting excited. And then the camera starts glitching, and then there's, like, someone standing at her doorway. And so he's freaking out, and he pulls out the knife. And so the hero... Is freaking out and he's wanting to call the police but then he thinks to himself like well if I call the police they're gonna know that I 
and hacked her computer. Mm-hmm. And so he has that dilemma, and while he's trying to figure out what he's going to do, like it's already that, that situation has gone on way too like quick. Mm-hmm. The killer already stabs a woman; she dies, and so he's like freaking out. And as the killer is about to leave, he stops, turns around. Oh, he has a mask on too. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He turns around, sees the camera, and starts walking towards the laptop. And the guy's like, "There's no way he can't see me." And once he gets face to face with the camera, he t- takes off his mask, and it's him. It's himself. Mm-hmm. And so he freaks out, shuts the the laptop. And when he shuts it, you get a point of view, mm-hmm. and that killer's right there in front of him. Wow! And that's the end of it. Oh man! And it's called the uh, watching. Watching. You gonna mm-hmm. reshoot that one? You said. Yeah. Yeah. When are you gonna reshoot that one? I have no idea. We have nothing. We don't have it <laughs> scheduled. Anything like that? Would you do that one? I shot that one in Tahlequah and in Stillwell. Yeah. Yeah. When was that? Oh, a few years ago, a few man. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was a while back. Um, again, is when I kind of had knew just the basic uh, ins and outs of a camera and an editing software. Mm-hmm. It still turned out pretty good, but like my audio was horrible. Um, I forgot my tripod. It was a one day shoot. Cause it's like no budget, can't pay anyone. Yeah. Just doing it by myself, and um, I didn't have any crew because I couldn't pay anyone to be a crew, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have any connections at the time. So, yeah, it just um, it could have been shot a lot better. But I mean, it still I, I think it still turned out pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube or what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what well, uh, I think I took it down. Oh, did you? Yeah, I I did because I wanted to reshoot it. Mm-hmm. I want to compare. <laughs> no. after we reshoot it I want to make sure the last one's deleted yeah, um, yeah I, I never let anyone see the first cut of the last film I just did mm-hmm. like the original take like a couple years ago yeah I never uh, no one ever saw it just me really mm-hmm. which kind of is. I mean I guess it is kind of shitty but like everyone that was in it is in the second one as well mm-hmm. yeah I just told him, like, just trust me. It's like, it's not good. <laughs> trust me, guys. Yeah. Well, I want to see it. Yeah, definitely. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want to do, man? Like, what's the... The in-game? What's the drive, player? man? Like, what... Um, I don't want to be in Blockbuster Films as a lead. Like, uh, you know, those big, like, Avengers type stuff. I don't want to be, like, a, a lead actor in that, because... Um, I'm not a person that's into fame. I don't like the attention mm-hmm. that goes with it. Like I, I really get weirded out by by that. And um, so, what I would like to do, my perfect world, is to be a stuntman on films like that. So you know, I get to work on those type of projects, but I don't get the attention that follows it. And then be a lead in my own stuff or in like independent, low budget films. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that, and I love writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to write a feature, but man, it's pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good at writing shorts, but not, not features. Yeah, it's like what that'd be like ninety pages. Yeah, yeah, cause a minute a page. Mm-hmm. Dang, I could only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people can just do it like it's nothing. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. I want to say Sterling Harjo wrote a script in like two weeks, what? a feature length, I believe. Um, 
Yeah, I think it was like two weeks. He had two weeks to write a script, and he wrote it. And I was like, how in the hell did you do that? Two weeks. Yeah. Dude. I mean, because I can write... <laughs> I've written shorts in a night, but mm-hmm. they've, there's always had to have been revisions, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I always had to go back to a day later or something and start tweaking it up and then keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't imagine writing a full feature in two weeks. Damn. Let alone just writing a full feature at all. Yeah. Holy yeah. man. Two weeks. Man, that's that blows my mind. Yeah, but that dude, he has um he has a drive unlike anyone else, man. Yeah. That guy's constantly working. Yeah. He does it. See Style Marjo. He uh what he uh He's just now, he, he shot that pilot for Reservation Dogs. Oh, yeah. That, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, I feel so stupid. <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> I was like, my mind just went blank. I was like, what was he worked on? He's a, he's a very forgettable person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Did no. you work on that? No, uh, unfortunately, no. I um, I had my second callback audition for Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. And... During that callback was when he had the open um, auditions, open casting call mm-hmm. for Reservation Dogs. And I hit him up about it. And he just told me, he's like, dude, there's going to be stuff later on. He's like, you're not a kid, so I wouldn't be able to cast you anyway. Yeah. It's something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, all right. Because I couldn't make the audition. So I was like, hey, is there any way I can audition like through video or something? Mm-hmm. And yeah, he just told me that there'd be stuff later on. Which I think that was his nice way of saying... Like, nah, man, I ain't going to have you in this. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but um, it's picking back up. I think they're starting to shoot the rest of it in February. So mm. hopefully I can get on with something, whether it be just an extra or actually have a, a speaking role or um, even being a crew member. Yeah. I just want to be on the set. But it's pretty crazy, man. Um Sterling has uh, definitely had some bad hands dealt to him, and you know that he just never quit. Mm-hmm. He just kept going, and it's pretty. He's pretty inspiring. I wouldn't tell it to him, to his face, but I'd probably say "fuck you" to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, I've I've actually told him before. We were in Seminole, um, Florida, mm-hmm. and I was telling him about that. I was like, telling him about how he's kind of open the door to a lot of, you know, indigenous filmmakers who are, you know, want to get into this industry and, um, he's given people hope. So, you know, and the work he's done is just fucking crazy, man. Like I said, his work ethic is second to none, basically. Yeah. It's on another level. Yeah. Shoot. He's always doing something. He's always Mm -hmm. writing, always working. Dang. And he's a great guy too. He's from here. Right. He's uh from Holdenville. Holdenville, yeah. Yeah, but he yeah. lives he lives here in Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. Or well, I mean, I guess we're yeah. in Broken Arrow, but he, he lives in Tulsa. Yeah. No one find him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leak out his address and phone number. <laughs> Leave him alone, everyone. <laughs> oh man. Maybe like uh, it's just not just him though. Like pretty much everyone in the 1491s, they have just crazy work ethic. Like yeah. my boss Ryan Redcorn, mm-hmm. I don't think the dude sleeps. Yeah, yeah, that's how you gotta be. I mean, um, he's he's written a few features, and all of them are so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Like I can't wait for them to be filmed. And um, there's like some hidden messages in there too. Like 
you know, he, he sends the scripts to several people just for feedback. And, um, fortunately I'm one of them that he said, I don't know if he actually takes any of my notes serious, <laughs> but, uh, it's pretty cool seeing like how he's, um, structured these, uh, these scripts and how he's the, the changes that he made and why he's made them. Mm-hmm. Like he's got just such an, a deep understanding to, um, how a story should be told. But I guess that's why him and the rest of the fortunate ones are so successful. Yeah. Is yeah. You know, they're smart. They're in, they have a great work ethic and they just know how, you know, stories need to be told. They're yeah. good storytellers. Yeah. Like their ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like that like that yeah in yeah. a good way yeah 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 good way guys good ways dang um is there anything else you wanna uh man you wanna, you wanna say to the listeners or man, any, I, I can any go other cool on. stories any... I can go on all day man I can listen um, all day shit uh I mean there's there's a little bit where I was talking to um some students some indigenous kids about um overcoming adversity uh-huh. because you know i've i think everyone's been is dealt a bad hand here and there in life and so um you know i was fortunate enough to have a little bit of uh some experience in the film industry which i wouldn't consider myself su- successful or anything like that yet um hopefully i will be but yeah anyway getting to where i was you know um originally i thought i was gonna be a football player mm-hmm. you know i played football in high school and i was pretty decent um, but you know, I hurt my knee really bad and, um, just couldn't play anymore. Long story short, I had a few schools looking at me and, um, they just weren't really interested anymore after, um, they found out my knee was messed up. And so I decided to do cheerleading and I got a scholarship doing that. Mm-hmm. And then my coach got fired and my scholarship went with her. Oh, so I no longer had a scholarship. I owed money to the school. So I was like, I'm out. I took off. And I went to school and I was just kind of lost, man. You know, I didn't didn't do well in in school because in high school I was kind of spoon fed. You know, I didn't really have to do much because I was an athlete, mm-hmm. which is uh, <laughs> probably not something the school wants me to say. But I mean, that's basically how it is. I mean, the the school itself is fantastic and does well in academics for their students. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I'm just not gonna lie about it. I was treated differently because I was an athlete. And so uh, I was in school, not wanting to be there, and had no idea what I was going to do, so I decided, you know, I'm going to join the Marines. So I went to a recruiter. I got in incredible shape. I think I went from 211 pounds to 179. Um, I was, like, I was in really good shape. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I knew, like, literally everything I needed to know about the Marines. I knew the general orders, the history, the rankings, the, you know, traditional weapon, uh, which was... Uh, M16 mm-hmm. rifle. And um, so I just knew, like, I, you know, I was just prepared. And so I went in. I was a squad, one of the squad leaders in my platoon. I was just really excited to go. And um, I got pulled out. And we all got pulled out because we got, it was like they're trying to scare us into admitting something that we didn't say on the on our, our shit. Mm-hmm. And so when it came my turn, they're talking about my medical history and whatnot. And I have a, I have one testicle. I had an accident when I was a kid, and then mm-hmm. I got checked for cancer uh, when I was was I nineteen? Yeah, I was nineteen. I got checked for cancer, mm-hmm. and the radiologist put that there's a spot that shows signs of cancer, 
And um, then when I went to a specialist, he's like, no, nah, you're good, man. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, cool. And so when they pulled that out, they're like, what's this about signs of cancer? And I was like, oh, I don't have cancer. And I told them the whole story. And they're like, ah, we're going to get you checked anyway. So the next day they pulled me out. And I went to the, I can't remember the name of that facility. It's like a hospital for that ran by the Navy. Um, and so they did an ultrasound. They had like, a, uh, what else they do? They did a few other tests. But they're like, good news, you don't have cancer. I was like, yeah, I know. And they're like, bad news, you have nerve damage. And I was like, what do you mean? And I forgot what the name of it was, but... They were telling me I should have been in, like, really bad pain. And I was like, I'm not. And so they wanted to send me home because they didn't want to risk me falling down, like, in boot camp and then suing them Mm -hmm. because they know about it. And so I was like, hey, I was like, I'll sign whatever. I was like, I just want to go back to my platoon and continue on. And they're just like, nah. And so they sent me home, and they're like, get checked out, come back. So I did. I went to another specialist. It's actually the same one. And I told him, I was like, man, can you put, like, a fit for full duty, whatever? And he was, like, laughing because I guess that's happened more than once mm-hmm. to him. Like, people come to him about the same issue. And so he wrote it out, and I went back. And at uh, MEPS, they disqualified me. So I couldn't go in. So there I am again, just like, what in the fuck do I do? You know? And I started doing those videos again, and trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And then just kind of everything just fell into place. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just kept pushing for it. And, um, yeah. Oh, how long were you in the Marines before they, uh, I was never officially in. I was Army. just at boot camp. Boot camp. Yeah. I was there for a few weeks. A few weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Got to meet my drill instructor who was actually really cool. Cause when he found out that I was getting sent home, mm-hmm. he pulled me aside when we we're, uh, when I was getting my food and, you know, we all have to talk a certain way when they're like this recruit, blah, blah, blah. You know, Mm-hmm. And um, he pulled me aside and, and he's like, Hey, what's going on? And I was like, This recruit. So he's like, Man, man, go chill out, chill, chill. He's like, Dude, just talk to me. He's like, What's going on? So I told him and he was like pissed about it because you know, he knew that I was wanting to be there, knew I was ready. And um, so, you know, he was like pretty upset about it. And he's like, Can you come back? And I was like, I'm trying. So they said I could. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's like, All right, man. He's like, Get that going. And as he's like giving me this motivational speech, a recruit starts walking by. And he, they can't let a recruit see them act like that. So he's like, he's like, yeah, man, when you blow off, he's like, get the fuck out of my face. I was like, whoa, shit. <laughs> I was like, all right, man. I like, yes, sir. Man, it fucking freaked me out. That was like probably one of the few times I got like startled. It's like, um, you know, you, going into boot camp, you kind of got have to have this men- mentality of knowing like. It's not, they're, that's not how they really are. You know, they put, put on this persona to, to get you ready, you know, mm-hmm. and to break you down, to make sure you, that you won't break down in the middle of a combat. I don't know if it, that's exactly what it's for, but that's just kind of what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and there's a lot of people, a lot of guys that were like crying, getting scared, didn't want to be there anymore. And I'm just dying laughing because <laughs> if you go in with that mentality, like everything's so fucking funny because yeah. like the drill instructors are so witty. Like, they're comedians. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Like, um, one of the things, we had to clean up, and <laughs> this recruit had, like, a broken broom. And um, he's like, permission to speak, sir. And he's like, what? 
So this recruit found this broom uh, broken, but this recruit thinks that he can fix it. He's like, I thought you wanted to be a Marine, not a goddamn Bob the Builder. <laughs> I was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> I started dying laughing. <laughs> and, um, dude, it, it's like stuff like that all the time. And um, <laughs> when I was in the uh, medical rehabilitation platoon, mm-hmm. which is uh, before I went and got tested, they, had, they sent me there for a couple of days because they had to schedule uh, my appointment. And both days we got to watch a movie, but it was a comedy and we cannot laugh or we got in trouble. So they put on Talladega Nights the first day. And so every time we laugh, we got in trouble. And then the uh, day after that, they put on Inglorious Bastards. So anytime we cheered or uh, started laughing, we got in trouble. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like just weird stuff, man. So I just thought like, man, this is just fucking funny. And, um, yeah, that's so, you know, if anyone's going to go into boot camp and they're afraid of all of that, I'd just say, uh, just don't take it personal when they act like that. There's probably going to be some drill instructors pissed off. <laughs> but of course, oh, uh, being in the medical rehabilitation platoon, they uh, considered us broken. Uh-huh. So it's not like we could do PT or anything. Because at one point, I found out there was a, a gym on the third floor above us. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, fuck yeah. So I went up there and it was me and a few other guys and we're just doing some bench and like, um, I impressed a few people cause I had 225 on there and I ripped it out for like 20 reps. Mm-hmm. And, um, they started just like, my man, fucking Riker, blah, blah, started benching and fucking drill instructor came out and he's like, where are you working out? And I was like, yes, sir. It's like, you're broken. It's <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> And then I uh, almost got in trouble again because I, once I got told I was being sent home, they sent me to this other platoon called the Recruit Separation Platoon, mm-hmm. and um, which I thought it'd just be me because I thought being sent home was not a normal thing, but there was like quite a few people, that um, which majority of those people were people that said that if you won't let me go home, I'll kill myself type, like suicidal, mm-hmm. you know? And um, then there's other people that were intentionally wetting the bed so they can get sent home i didn't know that was a thing until afterwards but um anyway so i'm in there and we had a lot of downtime and so there's a couple times where i had some buckets and so i start filling the buckets with water doing curls and i get in between the bunks do pull-ups do push-ups and um i guess my name hit my drill instructor's desk um he need i guess i needed to see someone and he started yelling for me and so i ran over there and said yeah and he's like why are you sweaty? You working out? And I was like, no, sir, it's just cleaning. <laughs> so, no, sir, this recruit is cleaning. <laughs> He's like, all right. <laughs> you better not be working out. <laughs> yeah, it was a... No, it was sir. A, it was a great, great experience, man. The <clears throat> first day is what flipped me out because uh, I saw a recruit get choked out. Wow. Yeah, he uh, gave our uh, drill instructor a thumbs up. Yeah, well, and it was like our, um, our drill instructor was like, it was like the pre-boot camp. It was like the week preparing us for it. So he wasn't as intense or anything. Mm-hmm. He's really, um, con- compared to the other drill instructors, they, we, uh, the one we met on Black Friday, he was really like back, you know. Of course, he was very stern when I and um, he had to be respectful, and he yelled here and there. But anyway, like, he was just preparing us mm-hmm. for the real shit. And uh, one of the recruits is asking where something was or where he signed something. I can't remember what it, what exactly he 
what he's asking. But the drill instructor answered him. And he goes, okay, cool. <laughs> like that. And uh, gave a thumbs up. And he fucking stomped over. He's like, I'm not your fucking homeboy. And like choked him out with his hand. The guy's like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And the guy fucking out and he woke back up. And um, all of us were just like, what in the fuck? That's when uh, I started doubting that mentality I went in. And I was like, shit, these guys are serious. And then after that, I was, I was cool. <laughs> Dude, it's um. Oh man! Like I said, they're comedians, man. <laughs> they're so witty. Oh man, I like the uh, the broken broom. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. There's, I, I can go on all day about stuff that oh, I've seen yeah. and heard there. <laughs> I said those um, those guys are hilarious. <laughs> Damn, the recruits are hilarious too. And like I said, uh, one guy I was on Firewatch. Mm-hmm. And he um, told me before to look out for him. I was like, okay. And at one point when I was uh, doing my fire watch, it was just like an hour fire watch. So we just walk around, just, you know, patrolling. Mm-hmm. He got up and started bumping into his own bunk bed, acting like he was sleepwalking. He was acting like he was sleepwalking. He wasn't really sleepwalking. He was acting, acting like it. And then that next morning, he came over to me. He's like, Hey, did you see me last night? It's like, yeah, you got up, didn't you? He's like, oh, I don't remember that. I was like, man. He's like, uh, did you report it? I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, why didn't you report it? <laughs> it's like, because, man. It's like, you just got up from your bunk. <laughs> it's like, hey, dude, if you want to go home, then fucking tell him. <laughs> um, what made me mad is like people who did that, you know, because like I was devastated because um, when I was when I first got the news, I was still in the medical rehabilitation platoon, mm-hmm. and uh, my drill instructor was telling me, um, asked me if I told anyone, failing, told him no, and um, so he had me call someone from home, so I called my grandma, and that's who I lived with, you know, for a large large part of, part of my life at that point, and you know I was like bawling, talking to her. Cause like, that's where I wanted to be, you know, mm-hmm. it's back in that same boat. It was like, what the fuck am I going to do if I go home? And, um, so she was really upset about it and whatnot. But, uh, anyway, so I was really upset. And as I'm getting, as I'm sitting there waiting to be taken back to, uh, take or taken to the recruit separation platoon, this other guy joins me, sits with me. And, um, he, uh, I was like, Vincent home? He's like, yeah. I was like, what's going on with you? He's like, man, I don't belong here. He's like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't want to be here. He's like, so how are you being sent home? He's like, I told him I had ADHD, told him I had asthma. He's like, that wasn't going to work. I was going to tell him this. That didn't work. I was going to tell him this. I was like, what in the fuck? And he's like, what about you? What'd you tell him? I was like, I didn't tell him jack shit. Because <laughs> then I told him what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then like, um, we we're being sent home on the same day. And that day, he's like, bro, we get to go home today. He's like, man, don't call me bro. I was like, fuck you. And then he had the audacity to post a status on Facebook. Like, there's this long, like, devastating post about how he wanted to be there. And he's like, my asthma never kicked up until just now. I don't know what, what happened. I was like, dude. Whatever, man. Yeah, I was like. God, that's fucking. And you want to be there, too. Yeah. So that's what made it even worse for me. Yeah. And, um, 
He tried hitting me up a few times, tried telling some of those inside jokes. Yeah. I was like, man, don't be shooting shit like that. You didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know if he tried or not. I mean, he talked about trying to get um, like a disabled veterans like thing, mm-hmm. which I got sent the same thing. Like they sent me um, a letter saying that I could uh, get that, get like benefits and shit. And I said, no. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people told me like, you should do it. And I was like, Dude, I was like, I didn't complete it. I didn't deserve it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not disabled. I was like, I'm fine. But I don't know if he ever got it or not. I hope he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's uh some of the stuff that I told um those kids. I didn't go in depth like that with yeah. them telling those stories. Yeah. But just basically overcoming adversity, just not stopping, just because you know, as much as you want to sit and pout and complain and. Talk about how life is unfair. Life keeps moving without you. you know? Exactly. Like, you can stay in place and feel sorry for yourself, but at the end of the day, like, no one's stopping with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> it's weird, man. Like, uh, you know, that's what you wanted to do was being a Marines, <clears throat> but now you're here doing yeah. this. Do you think you'd get out of the Marines and do this, or what do you... And, no, I think about that a lot, because, um... Especially now, because I have a son, mm-hmm. and um, which is another thing. They told me that I would never be able to have kids, mm-hmm. and they kept repeating that when I was at boot camp. I was talking to the doctor. He kept saying, he's like, you won't ever have any kids. Like, after we ran these tests, you won't have any kids. I was like, how, how do you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was a doctor, so I figured he had some scientific um, way of um, explaining it. Yeah. But... Anyway, yeah, I think about that all the time, you know, like, where would I be? Where would I be stationed? Would I even want to act? All that stuff, you know, which I've always loved acting. I always loved entertainment, mm-hmm. but I loved it as like a hobby for the longest time. I didn't mm-hmm. ever think I'd dive into it professionally like I am now. Yeah, yeah. And now I've got a manager in L.A. and I've got um, an agent. In Oklahoma City. Damn. That's badass, man. Appreciate it. Gonna <clears throat> move out to L.A.? No, I never want to be in L.A. Nah. I mean, a lot of people will like it. A lot of yeah. my acting friends, they like L.A. They love that lifestyle. My director, he loves the L.A. lifestyle. But, man, I can't stand I've been there a few times. And it's so, like, crowded. So, like, dirty. Well, some places dirty. Yeah. Some places isn't. But it's just... No, I must. I'm. You know, I grew up in the woods. Mm-hmm. I like, like Tulsa is about as big as I want it to get. Yeah. And so, um. Yeah, if I can, man, I'd like to just stay where I'm at, or move somewhere that has a, a small community, mm-hmm. and just travel back and forth. Nice. Which I have a few friends that do that. My friend, um, Lauren Anthony, he's Navajo, mm-hmm. and he um, lives in New Mexico on his reservation. And he gets crazy about work. You uh, might recognize his voice from uh, Red Dead Redemption. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he uh, voices um, a couple characters in that. And he's in a lot of... Uh, he's been doing a lot of work. Mm-hmm. He's um, a lot of feature films. He's in a TV show, I think, that's uh, getting picked up, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's a fantastic actor. He's actually one of the actors that was in my film. Recently. Really? Yeah. What's his name? His name's Lauren Anthony. Lauren Anthony. I'll check mm-hmm. him out. Yeah, he's um incredible incredible person. Mm-hmm. Like so genuine. He has a nonprofit 
um, where he hauls wood to high risk elders, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he delivers food as well. Like he cooks food and delivers it to people. And so he's just um, an amazing person. And then on top of all of that, he's an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. Wow. He, he really um, has an amazing talent. Damn. Big heart, too. Yeah, man. He's uh, like he's one of the most genuine people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I'm very thankful to have him in my life. You know, I consider him a, uh, I consider him a bro. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. Mm-hmm. Those connections. Yeah. We... Uh, we met in Seminole as well, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. Seminole, Florida. Uh-huh. I got to perform with the 1491s um, for a show there, which it was an awful show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because uh, uh, Ryan invited me to perform with them. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I was like, that'd be cool. Because I've been to a couple shows with uh, them before, and it was a really good show. But when we got there, I guess... No one told them that they're performing for kids, mm-hmm. and their their show is not meant for kids. <laughs> and so, <laughs> the first thing that happens, we get on stage and we see a bunch of these kids, and they're all talking, laughing. And Bobby uh, goes on and he goes, "Hey, shut the fuck up!" And I was like, "What?" In the f-? And like, there's parents like freaking out. There's like a a couple classes like where the teachers are like, "What do I do?" And um. They did this segment called uh, Ask an Indian. So it's like take a couple mics out there to whoever had questions and they'd ask a question and we'd answer it in the most ridiculous way. Mm-hmm. And everyone had a question about alligators. Like it was maybe at least 20 questions about alligators <laughs> and maybe five questions about just something else. Uh-huh. I mean, probably more. But it was just like there's an overwhelming amount of questions about alligators. And at one point I looked to uh, who was right next to me. I think it was Dallas, but I was like, dude, I was like, I am not prepared to answer questions about alligators. <laughs> and, uh, like, the show it just was, like, not going as well. There's a bunch of people leaving and whatnot. Oh, no. Yeah. And um, I asked Ryan, I was like, what in the hell did you get me into? He's like, bro, the shows are not usually like this. <laughs> I was like, man, it's like, they are. So I'm out. I ain't doing this. <laughs> but um, that's where I met, met Lauren. Because the next day, I think it was, yeah, the next day we had another show. Mm-hmm. And this one was where, like, is the type of show you want, where there's actual adults there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I actually got to perform a little bit. And I met Lauren afterwards. And just from there on, we just kind of stayed in contact. And um, we saw each other in L.A. at the L.A. Skins Fest. Uh, I was with Buffalo Nickel. We are showing one of our films. And he was there, and we were talking. And then I told him about the script I had and he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm down, man. He's like, just whenever hit me up. And like I was telling you earlier, there's a lot of times where that happens where people will say like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. And yeah. then they don't do it. So that's kind of what I was ready for. And uh, cause I, you know, I met a lot of people at film festivals and it's the same thing. Everyone's always like, Hey, uh, yeah, man, Selinko's work together. I got this project and sorry. Right, yeah. And nothing ever happens. Oh. And this time it actually did happen. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we kept talking about because all the people that was um, a part of this project are people who've been in, um, have gone to film festivals and have done, had that same conversation with countless people. Like, yeah, I want to work with you. I want to work with you too. Let's do it. And nothing happens. And we were all just talking about that. It's like, how many times has this happened where we do this and nothing ever happens and now we're actually doing it? And so it was, um, 
it's really cool to see that actually happening. Yeah. After experiencing so many people, you know, so many times of wanting to do something with someone, wanting to collaborate, and then it doesn't happen. <laughs> Just flake out. Yeah, I mean, Man. everyone has their reasons. Um, people are busy, you know, or someone's just really not into it, or, you know, budgeting, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing, because doing free, getting people to do free work is really hard. Because mm-hmm. I understand it, you know, but I mean, sometimes you just, you have to. Yeah. <clears throat> Gotta do it. Shoot. I've done... Uh, my fair share of free work and here and there I still do it yeah you gotta get yourself out there still yeah it's mm-hmm. always good to do that though you know? mm-hmm. I mean yeah but um yeah again really thankful for that cast and crew everyone that traveled out on their own uh their own dime of course you know we paid for their stay we paid for the food mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah I also bought a lot of strangers beer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because we were filming. One of the scenes is in a bar, uh, a bar, uh-huh. and we f- we had two days shooting in that bar, and um, it was supposed to be closed down. Like in the morning, we went early in the morning to shoot, and I guess there's like regulars that just know how to get in the back door, and they just come in and start drinking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had to keep them quiet so we can shoot the scene and not get any audio uh, mess up anything messed up with the audio. And so, anytime we're about to roll, I just buy them a beer. Mm-hmm. I bought like um, a case of beer, and so when we we're about to roll, I'd give them a beer and uh, let them sip on that for a little bit. And then they ran out and buy them another one. Dang! So I bought a lot of beer for people. <laughs> <laughs> Round of drinks yeah, for everybody. They're, they're really cool. Everyone that yeah. was there was really cool about it. I think it's because I was buying the beer, but damn, yeah, they uh, everyone kept quiet. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's one way yeah that's good. or you can uh, clo- buy the location out for the day or something <laughs> but man yeah and it was a cold shoot man it was cold that weekend we yeah. had a lot of outside scenes uh-huh. man it's fucking cold <laughs> and uh, there's one scene where our lead um, Natalie was gonna is supposed to walk in water mm-hmm. and go into the water like under it and um me and the director talking about it, we're like, man, like it's fucking like almost in a single digits. We ain't gonna do that. God damn. It was like, oh, I don't know if it was like close to single digits, but it was definitely like in the twenties. Oh my god. Which is really <clears throat> fucking cold to be in water. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, nah, we ain't gonna do that. Damn. So that's why we're doing some pickup shots um, in about a month or two. Mm-hmm. Shoot. That would suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she was down, though. That's the thing, though. She was she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do what I got to do. And I was like, ah, fucking thankful for you. She's, um, you know, she's extremely talented, and she, uh, you know, takes her art serious. Mm-hmm. It's good. She's, um, she's got some, she's done some pretty good work, and she's got some crazy things happening for her um, this year and I think next. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I'm not allowed to talk to him. I talk about him, I don't think. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you'll see her. Yeah. Uh, okay, look you? how long. Dang. <laughs> Talking too much. Dang, dude. It didn't even seem that long. It seemed like yeah, it just started. Like, For real. I need to make bigger SD cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry if I rambled on, man. I'm not good with that. Nah, uh, bro. Usually, um, I enjoyed it doing uh, conversations or podcasts. Uh, 
I'm good with scripts, reading a reading a line that was written out for me. So, mm-hmm. Was um, this your first podcast? Yeah, I mean, there's some uh, attempts that me and a friend made at a podcast before, and it's the same way. Like, um, I'm very, I got some social issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I usually don't like meeting new people. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, with the company I work for, I don't like talking to the clients. I, I like um, our our uh, office manager slash producer slash um, he does a lot of things. But uh, I was talking to him just about the other day that we were working on a system where he talks to the clients, they give him all the notes, and then he tells me, and then I figure out what to do and, and edit it and write it or shoot it, mm-hmm. however. Um, I, don't know, I just uh, I don't really know what it is, man. I just get this weird anxiety about talking to people I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, or like being recorded talking, mm-hmm. um, just some of my genuine thoughts, ta- uh, thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, so like when it's scripted out, like I'm confident, you know, I know how something is going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I love acting. I love putting on this being a character, mm-hmm. but being myself and, um, talking to people, sometimes it, it intimidates me. Yeah. Me and, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, that's why, um, I mean, yeah, I was very excited to do this, but uh, I was very nervous, too, just because it's like, oh, man, people are going to actually hear me talk and be me, not someone else. Yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of uh, me, Uh um, during the inauguration uh, commercial that was in was playing. Do what now? During the inauguration of Joe Biden. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, a commercial that I was in uh, was playing. Really? Yeah, played. So, millions of people got to see that one. What? It was a HIV one. For real? <laughs> yeah. Um, the end of 2019, my agent called me up. I was actually in LA. Uh-huh. My agent called me up, and he was like trying to soften this blow, telling me he's like, um, he's like, there's this gig. They really want you. He's like, it's really important. You know, a few of my buddies suffer from this. Blah blah. blah. And I was like, oh, okay, what is it? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, the pay is good. It pays this. And I was like, oh, what is it? <laughs> and um, he's like, it's a commercial about testing for HIV. And I was like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> said, sure. So I'll do it. And uh, he's like, really? I was like, yeah. And like, I get why he would ask that because, or it would be like that because, you know, I guess people get embarrassed about it. Yeah. But I don't give a shit. I'm acting. I'm yeah. making money from doing it, you know? And um, there's so many people, like, so many people sent me screenshots. Send me videos of that commercial or those pictures, mm-hmm. which are, um, I don't know if they have any billboards, but there's like stuff in hospitals and whatnot, clinics. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like trying to joke with me about HIV. And then some people actually thought I did have it and asked me about it. I was like, dude, I'm acting. Yeah. Like, you know, Ben Affleck, he's not really Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, but yeah, when, uh, when I was told that it was, uh, playing during the inauguration, which I didn't see it, but I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> People seeing me. Man, Cast me. I wish I could have seen it. Shoot. It's um, it's not very long. I think it's been like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. What are you uh, doing in it? Just getting tested? Um, well, there's a couple commercials that um, that floating around. One is just a picture of me standing there smiling mm-hmm. and just basically talks about getting your self-test kit. And then the other one is me, like, uh, walking through a hospital, um, then talking to a doctor, and then uh, actually getting tested. 
mm-hmm. which nothing in that commercial shows me testing positive for HIV or anything like that. Mm-hmm. All it is is just basically saying, get tested. Yeah. And they're talking about this medication that they have that could help prevent getting HIV. Mm-hmm. or And it also um, helps with, like, if you do have HIV, it's medicine for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, like, a self-test kit. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a good commercial. I mm-hmm. like it. I liked how it turned out. Damn. And, no, Natalie, she was in it as well, too. Really? Uh, yeah, Natalie Standing Cloud. Mm-hmm. I um, showed up on set, and uh, I was looking at the cast, uh, the call list, the casting call, and I saw her name, um, or the call sheet, and I saw her name on it. I was like, the fuck? And I texted her. I was like, hey, are you going to be in this commercial today? She's like, yeah, are you? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then showed up, and we are just like, what the fuck? <laughs> And me and her have worked on so many things together. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like we've done, I think we've done five commercials together. And, you know, she was in this film for me. And then we did videos together as well. Like that group I was telling you about before. Mm-hmm. We did YouTube videos. She was a part of that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. And so it's uh, it's pretty cool that we've gotten to work together over the years so many, like, so many times. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool seeing us both grow in this industry. Yeah. And she's done some amazing work. And like I said, she's got some big things coming um, this year and I think next year. Mm-hmm. Damn, I have to keep an eye out. Yeah. So you have HIV. Shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I get joked about it all the time. It, doesn't, it does not bother me. Like if, uh, if, I, if it did bother me, I shouldn't be in this industry. That's crazy. They would ask you though, like, "Do you?" <laughs> oh it's yeah, acting though. Like, <laughs> some people do, man. Um, I actually got a little bit of uh, backlash one time because um, I did this film where uh, I was a bounty hunter, and there's a scene where I fight a woman. This woman, she's a bounty hunter as well. No, no, no she's not a bounty hunter. She's like an assassin, mm-hmm. and I sneak up on her and I had to fight her and I choreographed the fight and everything and. The actress, uh, her name is Danny, and she was phenomenal. She's a great actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she had any fighting experience, but she, uh, me and her worked together on this, and she did extremely well, and it turned out really good. But anyway, I got a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but I got some backlash for um, that scene because I was beating her up at one point. Mm-hmm. And they're like, when you hitting a girl? It's like, it's acting, dude. Yeah. Like, I didn't ever hit her. Yeah. And um, I was like, and... The uh, good thing is, like, I die. Like, I get shot. Mm-hmm. She ends up killing me at one point. But, yeah, it's just some people, uh, I think they just don't understand that it's acting. <laughs> just taking it too serious. Mm-hmm. It's like, damn. It's like, y'all were probably devastated when uh, Jack drowned in Titanic. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Some of it just, yeah, they take it too, too far. That's crazy, man. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I didn't know mm-hmm. people would question or come at you like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, sometimes I don't know if they're really being serious. Yeah. Like, I'll just laugh it off a lot of times, not pay too much attention. Yeah. And then there's people that, like, generally send me a question, like, hey, man, do you have HIV? It's like, no! <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, well, I saw you in that commercial, and that's oh when I use God. that term. That, uh, <laughs> um, where I'd say, you know, Ben Affleck, he's not really Batman, dude. Yeah. <laughs> just acting. <laughs> Chill out, everyone. You're like, well, everyone thinks you uh, got HIV. I don't give a shit. I got paid for it. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's your job, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then like even uh you know, I've talked to my wife about this. Um, you know, even if the money wasn't that great in acting, if mm-hmm. I had like a steady paycheck and it was just minimum wage, mm-hmm. I'd still be doing acting. I'd be yeah. doing it every day. Yeah. And it's something I love to do. It's um it's beautiful. Yeah, the it whole, is. The whole process of it. Like when you're on set and literally everyone has a job to do and everyone comes together to make this project, this this uh, work of art, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's like just one person on the screen, it took all these people to come together and create that. Mm-hmm. The lighting, the, the camera movement, you know, the lens, the directing, the writing, the, you know, the grips, the gaffers, everyone, mm-hmm. PAs, all just literally everyone on set is important. Yeah. You know, that's why I wanted to interview you too, because like, you know, I always see on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, man, this guy, like, interesting to talk to, you know, hear a story <laughs> and everything, you know, because, I mean, you do a lot of stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Like, you do a lot of stuff where people either they don't want to take the chance or, like, they just, they want to, mm-hmm. you know, and they just don't end up doing it. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's always, like, just find something you love mm-hmm. and then just do it. And, like, I, that's what I love about you, like. You just said it, man. Like, you love what you're doing, and it doesn't matter if you weren't mm-hmm. getting paid or not. Like, you'd still be doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is that is beautiful. Yeah. And that's always a good thing when, you know, you could find something, like, mm-hmm. just like that, you know? Like, and yeah, keep doing it. Like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't easy to get myself to do it. Like, I was very afraid the first few gigs that I got mm-hmm. and first few auditions that I went to. I was very afraid. Like, um, I have a lot of insecurities, you know. Like yeah. I said, I have some social issues. Mm-hmm. And so it took a lot to get past those. Like, um, even when I landed, like, going to an audition at first was really tough for me. Um, just because you go into a room, it's typically just two or three people are there. And they're just, you can tell they're judging you, you know. They're just looking at you. And you got to perform for them. And uh, it took me a little bit to just kind of realize, like, they are used to this. They see this all day, every day, mm-hmm. uh, for years, you know. And, like, you're going in there. You got to go in there and give them something. You got to offer them something, you know. Mm-hmm. You got to um, not necessarily look for the job. Just be like, this is what I got. I'm giving you what I got. This is uh, my performance to you. Yeah. You know? And um, it took me a while to kind of get used to that, to get that thought. <clears throat> and... um Man, like, there's sometimes, like, when I got a gig where I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, where I'd wake up and it'd be the day of, and I'm just like, man, I just want to stay home. And I'd try to think of an excuse, and like, man, why am I, like, I got the gig, I got the role. Like, why am I acting like this? Mm-hmm. And then I finally just, like, fuck it, go. And I'd show up on set, and I'd have the best time. Yeah. And I always wondered, like, man, why would I think like that? Yeah. So, I mean, it there is a, I don't know if that's like that for everyone. There's It's been like that for a few people, because I've talked about this to a few actors. Mm-hmm. And that's happened with a lot of people. And it's just, you got to just do it. Mm-hmm. You just got to say, just, sorry, I keep cursing, but just no, it's say, good. say, fuck it and just yeah. go, you know, because um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people do feel like that with something because um, it's very, especially like first time actors, I'm sure it's like that. Uh, just because you want to do good. You don't know who's going to be on set sometimes mm-hmm. and you don't know how you're going to perform sometimes. If you haven't performed that, that long, you don't know what you're going to how are you going to perform on the set? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And you just kind of, 
got to just say F it and go yeah. and do it and just have fun. Yeah. Get out of your head. Yeah, man. That's the main thing. Yeah. Like with this, it's like, I was nervous, dude. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like fucking nervous because I've never done this before. You know, mm-hmm. I've never recorded myself either. Oh, you know, yeah. and, and meeting you, it's mm-hmm. like, God, I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't cool, want to uh, embarrass myself or anything. I know but, you got a really good setup, man. That's, man. That was a surprise you had to Zoom. Yeah. I've been trying to buy those. <clears throat> One of the, I bought that in June. You know. Yeah, you got a good setup. You got good mics. Yeah. I like it. Um, Thank you, eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, <I'm> <laughs> but that's, uh, that's why I was really excited to join, you know, because... Um, once uh, you had him on Instagram, I looked it up and I was like, oh, he's just starting out. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe even more like wanting to do it is that you are just starting out and you're just saying, fuck it, you're going with it. Mm-hmm. You're going for it. You know, this is what you want to do and you're doing it. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know, I always um, I love seeing people step outside of their comfort zone to do what they actually want to do. Yeah. Because it's so easy to just walk that dotted line and get a nine to five job yeah. and stay in the nine to five job, get the benefits on up. It's really hard to take that leap and doing what you want, what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And like, for some reason, when like uh, people want to do that, you get made fun of until you start doing some real good shit. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started uh, acting, like everyone made fun of me. Everyone did. Everyone was telling me that, I need to grow up. Tell me that um, it was just a joke. That I wasn't going to make it. Wasn't going to do anything. And that I need to get a real job. Blah blah. blah. Or I need to stick with my uh, job and try to work myself up to management or some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and it sucked. Like I mean, even family did that. Mm-hmm. Family and my friends. And I lost some friends because I wanted to do this instead of going out and partying or something. Mm-hmm. And um, then I started actually getting gigs. I started, people started seeing me on TV. Um, I did, you know, a shit ton of commercials. So a lot of people seen it. And uh, I started posting some of my work, some of the feature films I was in. Mm-hmm. And then those same people were commenting on my shit saying like, oh, I believed in you, bro. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, shut up. What the fuck? So, um, you know, I don't hold grudges, but I just remember all those people, and it's like not letting you back in my life after mm-hmm. that, you know. And it's with family too, which you know, family's family. I always love my family, but it's just you know, if I do make it, like I'm gonna remember how you were when I first started out, mm-hmm. you know. And it just, I don't get why it's like that. I don't get why people are like that. I, I don't either. Like yeah. it's like, I guess it's so easy to just think you're not going to do anything mm-hmm. right just accept it and then when you do start doing good mm-hmm. then they want to jump on your bandwagon yeah and be like oh man i yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I knew this like and it's hard to like like you said bring them back into your life mm-hmm. after that's happened mm-hmm. after making fun of you and mm-hmm. just doubting you well like, i mean like like i said i don't hold grudges and i still talk to those people but it's just like it's not people I'll let close to me anymore. Yeah, you yeah, know exactly. Because um, there's a there's very few people who actually um, I don't know if they believed in me, but they definitely supported me. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my wife, for one. You know, uh, I've been with her since I was seventeen, mm-hmm. so she's been with me since before I really started. Mm-hmm. And 
a couple times she's allowed me to quit my job and she's like supported both of us while I was trying to make my way up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she never once made fun of me for it, never once uh, talked about me uh, to anyone about it. Mm-hmm. And she's like stuck up for me several times, you know, and, um, so it's just uh, really cool to have people like that in my life. Like uh, my brother, he's another one. Mm-hmm. You know, and the family was telling me to get a job or, you know, when I had a job, to stay with that job and work my way up, to stop this acting business. And he was the one that told me, he said, man, just be you. Do what you want. Yep. And so, yeah, I'm really thankful I had people like that. Because mm-hmm. there were a couple of times where I wanted to quit because I was like, man, am I embarrassing myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad that I had those people in my life and I stuck it out. And so... Anytime when I see someone else like starting out, like I always want to give them that reassurance, you know, and mm-hmm. help them out any way I can. So that's why, like, again, that's why I was really excited to join your podcast. Awesome, man. It's because, you know, you're starting out and it's what you really want to do. I want you to do it. I want you to succeed. Even even if you don't like make it big, which I hope you do, mm-hmm. if this podcast didn't blow up, like, hope that you just continue doing it and having fun. Yeah. You know, it's like how I was saying about the acting, like, uh, even if I, just got paid minimum wage, I'd still do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, got my feet wet now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no reason to stop, you know. I yeah, just got to keep going. And, I mean, if it blows up, whatever, cool. Yeah. If not, I want to keep doing it. Because yeah. I believe everybody has a genuine story mm-hmm. that people want to listen to, you know. Mm-hmm. So, there's people that's going to come onto this and say, hey, mm-hmm. six killer. Cool. <laughs> so like um you know i've been on a lot of uh big sets been uh-huh. part of been uh blessed to be a part of big productions uh but honestly the most fun i've ever had on set was when we were filming my film for a weekend because mm-hmm. um it wasn't a big production you know it was just see how many crew members we had i think we had a total of 13 people on set at one point mm-hmm. including the crew and we just had such a blast. It was long hours. It was very tiring. But, like, we all knew each other. We're all very close. And we just had a blast. Mm-hmm. We're all come, we all came together to make this project, make this movie, or make this film. It's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a feature. It's a short. And and all of us just had a, a great experience. Like, um, I was really worried that, you know, some people didn't enjoy it because of the long hours. Mm-hmm. And then when I talked to people, everyone was just so excited and thankful to be a part of it. And it was just truly the best experience I've ever had on a set. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'd be completely content making my own stuff like that. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Just start doing your own shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck man. It's good. It'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. I mean, there's a, I mean, you've already, you've already been writing and mm-hmm. you know, you know, I've got some things lined up. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'd definitely be content with just making my own stuff. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool, man. And Shit. having that same experience over and over, because that lit a fire under all of us. Because once we got through, you know, everyone we everyone immediately started jumping on our group chat and was like, "Dude, that was the best fucking weekend. We got to do the next project now." Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's what I want to do. I love that. Yeah. Like bigger sets, it's just kind of like just strictly business sometimes. Yeah. You know, like, um, if you do get a connection with people, it's probably like one or two people as opposed to a short film with a, a smaller set when you actually bond with everyone. Yeah. 
And I'm sure there's some sets that are different than that. I'm sure there's some bigger sets where everyone has a connection with someone. Yeah, but it's probably yeah. But no, like I said, a lot of times likely. it's just just business. Mm-hmm. Oh, business mm-hmm. getting in the way of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, and uh, oh well, this set was um, it was like ninety nine percent. All Native Americans. Really? Yeah, cast and crew. Damn. Our caterer, he was white. Uh-huh. But, I mean, he um, he stomp dances. Really? Yeah, he goes to uh, Polecat Grounds. Oh, yeah? Yeah, his girlfriend. She's Yuchi. Mm. And so she'd been taking him out there for, like, I think four or five years. Mm-hmm. So we, we consider him Native. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're in. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes to ceremony. Shit. <laughs> so it was really cool. Fuck yeah, man. Mm. I honestly don't even know how much time we can get on that. Because <laughs> it's a... I don't know if you know anything about SD cards. It's a 32 yeah. gig. Do you know anything about... 32 gig? I mean, for a Zoom, yeah, it'll go on for a while. A Zoom uh, doesn't take too much room. Okay. Yeah, we um have a Zoom F8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. F8, that's the... Uh, what's this one? I don't know what I bought. H6... <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, H six. Yeah. It's um the one we got's a little bit bigger. It has um ten places where you can hook up an XLM car, uh, XLM cable. Really? Yeah. Ten? Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Is that the the board? No, no, no. no? Oh. Yeah, it's about like that big. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Pretty, it's well, I wouldn't say it's small, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's a little bit. Yeah, it's bigger than that one, but it's yeah, kind of small. Pretty cool. Damn. I have to look into that one. Yeah, it's in that they also run sound for BNC. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, yeah, run sound, do cinematography, mm-hmm. uh, write, act, edit. Fuck, dude. Um, I'm also a drone flyer. <laughs> the drone pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never drone, uh, driven a... Uh, uh, a drone? Yeah, driven a drone yeah. before. It's a, it's pretty cool, man. It's like a video game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where um, I get my technique from. Oh yeah, because uh, one of my one of the things that I love doing on the drone is uh, drifting. Mm-hmm. So like, say this microphone is my subject. Instead of just going side to side or front back, I like to just drift around it perfectly. Oh. Make a complete circle around it. Mm-hmm. And the camera's just focused on the mic. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. And occasionally I'll try doing a little. Uh, what's it called? It's Basically, like a um, a swirl stir- staircase where it starts down here and just works its way up as it's drifting around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. You taught but, that yourself or what? Yeah. It's just messing around with the drone. Just, uh-huh. And uh, like I said, it's like a video game. Mm-hmm. Which, you, ever, you ever I don't crash know, it? Huh? You ever crash it? I did. <laughs> on this last trip, uh, it was the first time I ever crashed it. We were filming over uh, near the southern Ute. I think we actually might have been in the southern Ute Reservation mm-hmm. in Colorado. And uh, we're filming this documentary. And uh, one of the things was getting some um, woods, getting the forest mm-hmm. near this lake. And so the shot that my boss wanted was the camera point straight down and just kind of going over the trees um, for like someone running, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was getting it and getting some good shots. And then he's like, all right, take it a little higher and turn it this way, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right. So I rotated it. And something told me that I should move the camera up to see where I'm at and then 
move it back down because like we lost a drone at one point mm-hmm. couldn't see it anymore it's too far out in the woods but i was like fuck it i'm sure i'm okay i was like i don't see any power lines mm-hmm. i fucking went straight up i saw a power line i was like oh damn that was close and then next thing i know <laughs> hit the next power line and i just see on my monitor that drone just flipping <laughs> and it felt like it was falling forever Oh, but yeah. luckily, um, only thing it broke was the propellers, mm-hmm. and we replaced those that day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the only time I've ever drew, uh, wrecked it. <laughs> Man, it was. I was, my heart just sank. I was like, I'm fired. I'm fired. I'm fired. <laughs> but surprisingly, my boss is so cool about it. He's like, "Well, I didn't see any sparks, so uh, I think it's good. Go find it." <laughs> It was like maybe 150 yards away from us Damn. down this valley. Uh-huh. Landed on some snow, thankfully. I think if it would have landed on rocks, oh, man. it would have been done for. Yeah. But it just landed on snow. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, gosh, a little scary. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, didn't didn't enjoy that. Very fortunate, very fortunate. What sucks is that that followed um, this amazing shot I got. Mm-hmm. There's like this mountain that was snow-capped. That was covering up the sun. The sun was uh, rising, mm-hmm. and I was doing my drift. And um, once I got like I was drifting around that mountain, and once it got to this side, that sun just spilt over that morning sun. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a beautiful shot, and um, we're all really excited. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm fucking killing it. I'm killing it. I'm killing it. And so I'm just getting these shots, and then I get that. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I'm fired. <laughs> I was so hyped up, and then it just got cut. <laughs> like, oh, man. I'd say it's equivalent to someone getting an interception, running it all the way back, celebrating, and then someone knocks the ball out the one-yard line. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I was, I was so devastated. But luckily, I got the, all those shots were saved. Yeah. Nothing was ruined. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Damn. dude. Lose all that. I was panicking. Uh, that was the first thing I checked once we got it back. I was like, check that footage. Because <laughs> he was afraid that the, um, that drone got electrocuted and that the whole thing mm, had been fried. God. Which I think if it was, he might have actually been mad. But yeah. he was surprisingly super chill about it. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Getting mm-hmm. electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude. It was, uh, it was a bad experience. Oh, my God. <laughs> And like we were freezing like out there because it was snowing. Like it just got through snowing, and um, like the lake was kind of iced, so mm-hmm. it was like really freaking cold. Mm-hmm. And um, for that drone, I have to use um, my actual fingers here and there to to um, mess with some of the settings, like the aperture and ISO, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had my gloves off, and so like my hands are hurting and whatnot. Oh, my hands are hurting, so I'm like just kind of going through it all for these shots and then for that to happen too is like fuck hands are hurt for no reason though. just ruin the shot yeah. I don't think I think it was like dead silence once it went and it was falling I think all of us just kind of had a moment yeah like this sucks yeah. this whole thing just got fucked oh man yeah. look what Riker did yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it turned out great. <laughs> Damn, still got my job for now. Yeah, yeah, no. he's still he's still there. Yeah, 
we're um we're actually doing so we're filming um i think this weekend if not this weekend i think we're filming the beginning of next week mm-hmm. uh, some covid psas and um i'm a superhero on this one are you yeah oh wow <laughs> i didn't write this one um my coworker slash friend slash partner mm-hmm. uh, bronson harjo he uh he wrote it mm-hmm. and he's like man you'll be the superhero for this i said, I said bring it on <laughs> let's do it <laughs> any idea what you're gonna be wearing no um uh, i don't know if he's got the costume yet or not yeah uh hopefully it's um uh, it's something super tight <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think it might just be um, probably just be some sort of tactical gear. Oh yeah, and a mask, like a gas mask. Tactical or man. Yeah. COVID man. COVID man. Yeah. <laughs> Super COVID. Mister Nineteen. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You're filming that this weekend? Maybe. Um. Maybe. Uh. Probably not because um. We're supposed to go over the shot list. Uh last night mm-hmm. which is very important um to me anyway i think having a shot list is crucial mm-hmm. um but we didn't so we might actually just go over that tonight and if we can finish it we'll probably start filming tomorrow mm-hmm. but if not then we'll probably just pick it up next week yeah they've got like a lot of projects going on right now yeah mm-hmm. shit yeah you just say you're gonna be busy yeah um hopefully uh I just got asked to audition for this TV show in Italy and uh, Spain, and I did it. And so I'm hoping that I get some good news pretty soon. Cause uh, once I if I if I get that, then I'll be in Italy for about a year. Wow, damn, dude, mm. that'd be sick. Yeah, I'm uh, fingers crossed for it. It's, um, be a life changing role for me anyway. Hell yeah. But yeah, I was uh. I was on a reservation in South Dakota and my agent kept calling, not my agent, my manager from LA kept calling me and then he sent me a couple of emails like saying, call me ASAP. I don't care what time it is of the night to call me. So I was like, oh shit. And I barely have any reception. So I saw that and I was in, I was filming. So I left my phone in the car cause I don't like having my phone on me when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if I'm trying to get like a steady shot, which that day I was working with the 600 mill 600 millimeter lens, mm-hmm. which is a very long lens and just the slightest shake will ruin the whole shot. So, um, yeah, I kept my phone in the car cause I don't want to be disturbed. And then when uh, I got back and I saw that, I was like, what the hell? So I called him. I thought he was going to tell me like, Hey man, why is your Twitter saying this? You could have got casted in something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like not that I post any controversial <laughs> shit or anything, but I, I thought it was like going to be bad news. Mm-hmm. And, He's like, hey, he's uh, this casting director from Italy, from this uh, Italian TV show, is interested in you and wants to know if you have a passport and if you'd be available in the States, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah. I was like, to both of them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, I'll get back to you. And it was the next day he sent me an audition script, which um, usually this whole process takes longer. I mean, I don't know if anyone else has got like a different experience than me, but typically my experience in acting is uh, my agent or my manager will send me something uh, like some a casting call mm-hmm. and I'll say, yeah, I'm interested in it. I'll, I'd like to be submitted for it. So they submit me and then it's like a week later I'll hear, Hey, you got an audition. I'm like, all right, cool. Auditions due in a week. So like, cool. So if it's a videotape audition or, you know, I had to go in person audition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so do the audition 
And usually it's like a month before I hear anything back. But on this one, he was hitting me up that day. I said, okay, yeah, um, I'm available. I got a passport. And then it's the very next day he sent me the audition. And he said, they want you to audition right, like right now. They want you, they need it back by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck, this, they're going quick. He said, yeah, they're going really fast. And so, um, you know, I did it and sent it in. Now I'm just waiting. Like I did it, did that just the other day. Oh, shit. So um, hopefully I get it, man. It's a Native American bounty hunter. Really? Yeah. It's going to be a spaghetti western. Damn. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully I get it. I think you will. Yeah. I mean, uh, but the thing is, um, you know, I'm not the only one auditioning for it. Yeah. They probably got couple hundred people if not a thousand two thousand mm-hmm. how do you think your audition went it went uh pretty well i mean like the description of the character was um i thought it was a little bit it wasn't really confusing i felt like they beat their way around of saying having a stoic look mm-hmm. like a, a mean stoic look and like a lot of the characters um description i guess or his traits, his personality is through his actions, not mm-hmm. necessarily through his uh, dialogue. And so the dialogue was very short, just two sentences, but there's a lot of action in it. Mm-hmm. It looks, you know, it looks I got to give people actions, little movements. And so that's what defines the character. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's different. Um, yeah, it's just a different type of audition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. I mean, I prefer doing auditions in person now. Mm-hmm. Like, I love reading off someone else that knows the script. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't like doing self-tapes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, before, when I first started, like I said, how like nervous I was and the anxiety getting to me, I'd prefer a self-tape. Mm-hmm. But now it's the other way around. Yeah. Because I feel like on self-tape, you can't. I feel like I can't. Uh, I'd I'd rather perform in front of them. I feel like I get more of a connection when I'm in front of them performing. Yeah. But now it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, uh, hopefully they like it. Hopefully they want me. <laughs> I'm sure they like it, man. Mm. Yeah, I can see you as a bounty hunter in Italy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. Hell yeah. Mm. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how we could watch it. Dude, I have no idea. They've given, they've given me very little details about it. Yeah. I'd be I'd be down to watch it. Shit. Mm. Uh, the, they give me a little bit of description about it, and it it seems pretty intense. Basically, just um, everyone uh, experiences some sort of traumatic thing throughout mm-hmm. the whole thing. Everyone gets affected somehow. Everyone goes in one way, comes out another. No one goes in and out the way they no one comes out the way they went in. Really? Yeah. So everyone gets affected in some way. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's not a lot, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's int- just Very a little secret. bit. Of, yeah. yeah, a little bit of description that I was given. Yeah. I was like, okay. It's like, yeah, I want to do this. That's cool, man. Fuck. Hope you get it. That'd yeah, be pretty dope. Here. Shit. Saving your man, and then uh. If I do get it and come back, do another podcast. Yeah, we'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> for real, dude. Yeah. You Hell do yeah. Play by play. <laughs> and how many Pause times it? I got knocked off a horse. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, this is Russell Sun Eagle with Oki Podcast, and uh, 
my guess was Riker Six Killer. And Riker, do you want to tell how to follow you on social or? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, or if anyone wants to follow you, my, keep track of you. My Instagram is where I post a lot of things, uh, a lot of my work on my stories, and um, it's not necessarily my personal life. So it's Riker Six Killer, R Y K E R S I X K I L L E R. Um, I don't think there's anyone else named Riker Six Killer on Instagram, so should be easy to find me. <laughs> You'll see a picture of me holding a Merciless Indian Savages um, sign, and I'm slamming it onto Brock Lesnar's face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm wearing um, American flag booty shorts. Is <laughs> <laughs> a picture that me and Ryan Redcorn did for the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Go check it out. <laughs> yeah. If you wonder where the Merciless Indian Savages came from, look at the Declaration of Independence. Yes. Do look at that. You'll find that there. Yeah. It's in there, everyone. He's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> I can back him up, too. <laughs> Man. Um, well, Riker, thank you. Thank you for coming on and being my first guest. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I'm glad, uh, glad I got to pop that cherry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did. It's, uh, it's popped. It's popped. <laughs> I was, hopefully I was gentle. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> No. But uh, man, I'm very appreciative, very thankful, man, and you know, made time, man. I, I, I don't know how I could pay you back, but man, thank you. No, it means, uh, means just a lot. Appreciate you bring me on here, man. It means a lot, man. Same, same. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, um, until next time, peace. <laughs>